Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon drive. Goodman Mason. Watch us. MileHighSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to RMFP.com. In the meantime, I've been telling you about Rocky Mountain Eurosport in Denver and Parker for a long time. Uh, you're going to love your buying experience for, from them. It is a intimate car buying experience, whether it's a luxury car, foreign or domestic. They have a uh, Great finance options. Also, they service all makes and models, but they also have very cool events. And here's a, here's one that's coming up. They're doing the Rocky Mountain Eurosport 4x4 event on June 4th. It's called 4x4 Colorado's Rigs and Tacos. They're asking people to bring their lifted trucks, SUVs, and other cool gear to this event. As they're going to have two food trucks, Hip Pops Denver and Cooking with Crown. They'll also be featuring some lifted trucks and SUVs. Also, another great event on Memorial day rocky mountain eurosport will have its customer appreciation day at both locations in parker and denver so you might want to check out that one as well they're always giving back to the community you're always going to get a great deal you're going to love going to rocky mountain eurosport in denver or in parker time now for the lead the lead is presented by smoke and dave's barbecue and brew colorado's best barbecue since 2007 Get some tonight in Denver, Longmont, Lions, and Estes Park. Well, it's certainly been a long road for Garrett Bowles to become one of the best left tackles in football. Drafted at the age of 24. Some of us thought, boy, he's pretty old to be drafted uh, in the first round at the age of 24. That happened back in 2017. But it finally started to click for him nearly three years into his career. In 2019, we played the Minnesota Vikings. Um, and... I think we had a bye week before then. So I just, that whole bye week, I went home and, re- and power wrecked my entire parents' lawn and just trying to figure out what's best for me. Um, and I was just really angry and frustrated. If you guys know me, I, I, I have to be perfect in everything I do. Um, you know, with, with having ADHD, your mind wanders all the time. And so you have really have to just find out, you know, what's going on and really settle down and do the pros and cons and what's working and what's not. So I, I defected my whole game. And I remember going into that game, um, I, I, you know, I hired somebody um, that was really just focused on mental um, and, and mentally and becoming, you know, competitive, matured and really just playing this game, being, you know, not erratic and just really focusing on being matured in that position. You know, you talk about some of the greats, Joe Staley, Joe Thomas, Jonathan Ogden. You talk about all these great tackles. You know, Trent Williams would be one of those guys. You know, those guys compete at a high level, but they're matured and they're calm and they're posed. And I had to learn that. And I remember going in that game, and I was blocking Everson Griffin, which is a phenomenal player, and we were going at it all game long. I think we were driving the ball with about a minute 30 left, and I, I can't remember what we had. That was, What quarterback did we have? Brandon Allen, I believe. We have had so many here. Um, <laughs> and so I think we were driving, and about the minute four game, there was, the crowd was getting loud. And I think that was a moment in my life where I realized I belong in this league, I belong in that position. Um, it was just a severe moment. I think from that game on, from all the way through 2020 to now, I think I've, you know, made myself one of the best left tackles in football. He was 
on pace to become a major bust. Not Paxton Lynch major bust because of the position of quarterback, but did you think things would finally click for him knowing for two and a half years he struggled on the field, but if we're being completely honest, he struggled getting along with his teammates? I didn't think it was going to come together, and in fact, when the Broncos didn't pick up the fifth-year option on him, rare, exceedingly rare is the player who who has the fifth-year option not picked up that ends up signing a contract with that team to stay. I mean, he's he's beaten the odds in terms of not getting that option and getting a long-term deal. He's beaten the odds in terms of two and a half years into his career, all of which was spent as a starter, reversing the narrative on himself. I mean, the best thing that you could have said about him, I think Elway said this about him, well, he starts every game. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm paraphrasing, but that was like a, a backhanded compliment to Garrett Bowles. He also said today, I've gone from one of the most hated players to now everybody loves me. What do you remember in the locker room? Not naming names. His teammates sang about him when he was struggling. I remember his... Uh... There's teammates making fun of him. Yep. I'll tell you something, Mace. Uh, there now, was something. I don't really want to talk about it. I, I think it should stay private, but there were at least a couple of things that I saw in that locker room that I thought were uh, that were making fun of him that were really distasteful. This extended to the media as well. Uh, fortunately, this year, you and I will be able to do one-on-one interviews in the locker room. Les and I did that all the time. And the feeling that I got was when he was standing in his locker, nobody wanted to talk to him. Less than I would talk to him when he was available. But there was a part of us that was kind of uncomfortable because we knew he wasn't playing well. And I think the media kind of looked at him kind of like a joke. Um, and I'll tell you some of the things his teammates said to me, but not to the level of what you're referring to. Doesn't listen doesn't learn from his mistakes. When they point out his mistakes in the film room, he just laughs it off. Very immature guy. And I always look to Garrett Bowles, especially when you look at his background and his history, and he had a very tough upbringing. He was a guy that just needed a hug. Some guys you want to kick in the the pants, right? That's not how you handle Garrett Bowles. I always liked Garrett. He's a big teddy bear, and he just needed someone in that locker room to tell him that they loved him. And he wasn't getting that because in the NFL, you better perform. You better be accountable. He didn't perform, wasn't accountable. He really did not take to coaching at all. I had teammates tell me he wouldn't even listen to the coaches talking to him on the sideline when they were trying to help him improve. I think Mike Munchak, in terms of just purely technique, helped him out quite a bit. Mike Shack reached him. And that is one thing, like, you you, uh, you look at the changes that have come for this year, and yes, last year wasn't as good as the pandemic season for Garrett Bowles, but still better, much better than he was early in his career. If you compare last year to, like, 2017 and much of 2019, he's still a much better player than he was then. And... I don't, it's not that Butch Berry isn't a good offensive line coach or may not be a good offensive line coach, but 
I do wonder if he's going to be able to reach Garrett Bowles in the same way that Mike Munchak did. Munchak was the right guy because he was exceedingly patient. Right. Garrett Bowles does not respond to a screamer. That's what I'm saying. He needs a hug. Exactly. Mike Munchak is very, like, compared to other offensive line coaches we've seen over the years, Munchak is, he's very, he was very low key when he was here. I'll, I'll put it. And he was perfect for Bowles. I'll, I'll put this in perspective for those who remember him. And now he's like, in a, he's not on the coaching staff, but he's kind of an advisor. If Garrett Bowles had Bill Kolar as his offensive line coach, he would not be in the NFL right now. He wouldn't now. last two years with Kolar. Nope. Or how about the late Alex Gibbs? Oh, no way. But you know what? It's funny when we look at this particular system now where you need guys who are light on their feet. It would have been a great scheme fit for Alex Gibbs. Right. Not a great maybe uh, morale fit. Now he's a great scheme fit with what Nathaniel Hackett is trying to do on offense. And he did say that like he did the, the, the light bulb really clicked on while he was with Scangarello. Right. And running and and running his own blocking base scheme. And now here you are. It's going to be outside zone, which re- rewards guys who are light on their feet and rewards guys who can do things in the open field. You, and Bowles says, Bowles is even when he was struggling, he was still very good when he got in the open field and could lay out a guy. Right. You have covered sports probably as long as I have. No, Tw- I haven't. Tw- no. Okay. Well, I've been doing it for 30 years. You've got, you've got it. You've got about. You've got you've got about eight to ten years on me. I cannot think of an athlete that I've ever covered who has gone from, and I'm not using this term loosely, mm-hmm. not respected and almost I don't want to say despised, but really not well liked. Belittled. Yes. Made fun of. And then I can't remember an athlete I've ever covered that has been belittled as much as him and made fun of and not respected and then turned it around. I can't think of one guy. That has turned it around like him. He's a survivor. He was a survivor growing up. Yeah. And now, I mean, the interesting thing is here, here he goes from being someone who, like you says, belittled to somebody who not long after Russ Wilson gets, you know, the trade goes down, Russell Wilson reaches out to Bulls. Right. They're having a conversation that day. I mean, how do you think that that Garrett Bowles must have felt after what he's been through? Right. That here's a guy who's head of the Hall of Fame, and one he's coming to Denver, and one of the first things he did was he reached out to him, right, and said, "Hey, let's start getting together." And how do you think Bowles felt? Probably felt when Russ said, "Hey, why don't you come out to my camp?" Right. I mean, he was probably over the moon. Wants to feel wanted yeah. and appreciated and loved, and I felt so badly for him. Because, listen, he brought a lot of this on himself. His immaturity was at great heights. And I can think of really good offensive linemen for the Broncos that just did not like him, did not want him in the room. Mm-hmm. But good for him that he turned it around. He, by the way, those guys that kind of made things hard for him, yep. he's outlasted them all. Except for one guy. We don't need to get into it. We don't. Well, we don't need to get into it. We saw it on the field in practice last year. We just. We don't need to get it. I'm not. I'm talking about the guys still in the league. Oh, okay. I'll tell like, you who it is in the break. I, yeah. Who really? Well, really, no. But remember, he got into a fight with Bradley Chubb at camp last year too. Right. Yeah. Right. All right. Coming up after the break, we're going to talk to Mike Singer of the Denver Post. Nuggets game one against the Warriors on Saturday. We'll preview that next. Put the ball on my shoulder, feeling kind of older, I 
With Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman Mason. Watch us. MileHighSports.com. You can reach us on the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to RMFP.com. In the meantime, I want to talk about Greenfield's Pool and Sports Bar in Lakewood. They really have everything under one roof. Uh, every seat, great seat to watch a game. Terrific food. Uh, they also have 15 pool tables. So they have a pool hall, not just one or two tables. Live music, no cover, best happy hour in Lakewood by far. Two-for-one wine, well, and drafts from 3 until 7. you got to go check it out. Greenfield's Pool and Sports Bar in Lakewood. Time now for the buzz. The buzz is presented by Rocky Mountain Eurosport. Go for a test drive today in Denver or Parker because everyone deserves a luxury car buying experience. Or find them online at rmurosport.com. All right, let's go out to the hotline. We're going to bring in Mike Singer, covers the Nuggets for the Denver Post. How are you, Mike? I'm excellent. I uh, appreciate you guys having me on. Well, thanks for joining us. Uh, at first glance, uh, how do you size up this series against the Warriors? Uh, from a talent disparity, uh, it seems like the Warriors have a pretty significant gap. I mean, they're healthy. Uh, Steph Curry apparently returning to practice and scrimmaging. Draymond's been back for a month, and Clay Thompson's starting to look like himself. Contrast that with what the Nuggets are, uh, and there's a pretty big gap in my in my opinion. So uh, this series is going to come down to Nikola Jokic. Can he be otherworldly like he generally is in every single playoff series? Um, and, and if not, I think that the Nuggets are going to have a hard time slowing down the Warriors' offensive attack. But even if he's otherworldly, is that going to be enough or – is somebody going to have to be somebody else going to have to be more than they've been over the last 82 games? Yeah, I mean, I'm not even sure who the number two option on the Nuggets is right now. I mean, if you were to do a draft of these players, you do Joker first, mm-hmm. and then tell me, when does the next Nuggets player get drafted? I've done this thought exercise in my mind several times. And you might be at the fifth or sixth, maybe even seventh player before you get to another Nuggets player. That's the type of disparity we're talking about due to the Nuggets injuries. Um, And this is what they're looking at trying to overcome. So to your point, they need a Monte Morris uh, to step up, and he's been really good against the Warriors this year. They need Will Barton, Aaron Gordon to to raise their game. Uh, Aaron Gordon was not healthy in last year's playoffs. Will Barton hasn't been healthy for the last three playoffs. So they have options. Uh, but to your point, will anybody else 
raise their level of play alongside Joker. Can uh, Jokic be all worldly with uh, healthy Draymond Green probably spending a lot of time on Jokic? Yeah, that's a huge X factor. Uh, in the four games this, se- this season that they faced the Warriors, Draymond Green was not available in any of them. Right. Um, so that essentially means you have a top five defender in the NBA to, to give Jokic problems. You have a different look uh, as opposed to just Kevon Looney, who, while fair, uh, a decent center, defensive center, doesn't really have anything for Joker. So you have more fouls. You have different looks. You've got bigger size and bulk. Um, and you have the smarts of Draymond Green. So absolutely, it's going to be a huge wrinkle. And if they send double, triple teams at him, again, comes down to those other guys. Can they knock down their three-point shots and space the floor? Just try to alleviate a little bit of pressure on Joker. Well, you mentioned the three-point shots. Then obviously, Will Barton has been uh, has been hot and cold. Bones Highland has had has had his moments. Do you think Bones? Uh, do you think they might use Bones a little bit to provide some of that instant offense, and maybe he can stretch things out a little bit and get hot from the perimeter? There's no doubt. I mean. Uh, given that talent disparity that I was just talking about, it's uh, it's gloves off with Bones. Who cares if he's a rookie? Who cares if he's never been there before? Who cares if you're going up against three-time world champion Golden State Warriors? Uh, Bones, if you're not scared, get out there and do your thing. And that's kind of what I think they're going to do with him. For the past two months, he's been manning that, that point guard spot for the second unit. Um, and, and I expect him to continue to get minutes. Uh, even though it's, a, it's an unprecedented situation for him. I'm sure he's going to have some wide eyes and you know maybe pinch himself every now and then at the situation, but Bones has proven he's not scared of these, these big-time moments. And to your point, the three-point shooting proficiency, I mean, he can shoot 30 to 35 feet and doesn't seem to be phased. So um, you, you can find a guy who's that confident. I think Michael Malone's going to ride with him. We're talking with Mike Singer, covers the Nuggets for the Denver Post. Uh, who's going to guard Curry? Who's going to guard Clay Thompson? Yeah, that, great questions. Uh, so they, they're going to have a, a difficult time. This series is all about mismatches. We already talked about Joker and Draymond Green. That's where the Nuggets' advantage is inside, given that the Warriors are small. The Nuggets are not particularly good defensively in their backcourt. Austin Rivers has had a lot of success against Steph Curry, so I expect him to be an X factor and him to uh, get some significant time on Steph. Uh, then you're going to have to kind of pick your poison. Uh, is it Monte Morris, um, you know, h- helping on Clay? Is it Will Barton on Clay? Does Aaron Gordon handle Clay or Andrew Wiggins, who's a little bit more his size? Uh, and then you have the problem of uh, a guy like Jordan Poole, who comes off the bench for the Warriors, but is also averaging something like 17 or 18 a game and can hit from outside. So I just ask myself about the defensive guards. Can they be disciplined? Can they be physical? Can they guard these guys without fouling? Um, because if not, it could, be, it could get ugly quickly. Uh, just because, with all due respect to the Nuggets defenders, this is who the Warriors are. They have championships. That's, that's multiple championships under their belt. I personally, I don't hold out any hope that uh, Jamal Murray is going to play at any point in this series. From your perspective, is it the same? Is there a, a minimal chance? Where do things stand with him right now? I think that I think that your perspective is the is the correct one. Yesterday, Michael Malone says that he's leaning towards doubtful, although he hasn't slammed the door shut. Um, if you just think about it, likely from a competitive reason, you you wouldn't want to rule a guy out. I, I think they're just waiting on Jamal, and and if he wakes up ahead of Game Three and says, 
uh, I feel great. Like, let's do this. Um, there's no medical or physical reason why he can't. I, I think that there's a big hurdle to get to that, to that place for Jamal, and I'm not necessarily sure that's going to happen. Um, but I think that it's a possibility. I, I, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to err on the side of caution. I, I would be surprised if we saw Jamal, um, given that he's been physically and medically there. So why wouldn't you have returned in the regular season? And if you haven't returned in the regular season, then are we really going to push this uh, in a, in a you know, high-leverage, high-stakes environment like the postseason? Okay, uh, how many games do you think this series goes? I think... I think we're looking at a six-game series. I think the Nuggets would I would be hard-pressed to get it to seven. Uh, and if it does, you know, you sometimes want to lean towards the best player, which is Nikola Jokic. But uh, I see this one going six, uh, probably in favor of the Warriors. If the Nuggets do pull off the upset, what happened? Uh, Nikola Jokic went crazy. The supporting cast, Aaron Gordon, Will Barton, hit their three-pointers. Uh, you think about this in the grand scheme of things. Last year's Portland upset, I don't know if it was an upset, but last year's Portland win in the first round was pretty significant. The Nuggets didn't have their starting backcourt. They were starting Austin Rivers and Faku Capazzo. That itself was a monumental win. Keep in mind, uh, Nikola Jokic had Michael Porter Jr. healthy for that series. He doesn't have that. Like we just talked about, I'm not sure who their number two option is. So Joker would have to do... Uh, unprecedented, historic things. Uh, it's a good thing for the Nuggets because he's done a lot of that this season. Uh, he's about to win his second consecutive MVP. Um, Joker would have had to gone crazy. You, you know, the other X factor is Steph's health. Maybe Steph Curry isn't as healthy as the Warriors are suggesting. And if he's not as healthy, then I, I need to reevaluate my perspective on this because, you know, Steph changes the entire equation for this series. Let's talk about the MVP race. Uh, there have been plenty of people on Twitter who are voting, who have put their votes out. I'm guessing you have your ear to the ground. Uh, do you think he wins it? Oh, yeah, uh, I do. Um, you know, early returns are out. Maybe 40 to 50 percent of voters have already uh, published their votes. I've published my vote. Um Who'd you vote for? About, <laughs> who'd you vote for? I, I, I'll give you. Uh, I'll give you one guess. Uh, it's not the guy in Philadelphia. Okay. Well, I wasn't referring uh, to him. Giannis, John Morant. Giannis Ja. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Giannis and Ja. They, that was my one and two. How'd you guys guess? Um, Just a stab. So, to to your to your question about forty to fifty votes, I think have been published, and I and I believe the numbers about sixty percent of them have been coming back for Nikola Jokic. So you just do the math. I mean, the other 40% is going to be split between Giannis and Joel Embiid in all likelihood. Um, there's a more than excellent chance, whatever percentage that is, that Nikola Jokic is taking home his second consecutive MVP, which is hilarious because I don't think Nikola Jokic cares in the least that he's about to make history. I don't think he cares. I agree with you. But at the same time, does the, pers- does the national perception of him that still exists in some quarters, does that finally change Like if he gets that second MVP? Because we were discussing yesterday, I believe, about the, uh, or was it yesterday the day before, about the 75th anniversary all-European NBA team, and Jokic was not on the starting five of that team, even with the one MVP already in his back pocket. Yeah, um... It might start to change perceptions of him. I think everyone's kind of in a 
you know, it's difficult to lean into a guy as special of a player as he is when he is indifferent to this. Like, if you were to give the the powers that be at the NBA some truth serum, uh, I bet you that they would want a guy who is pining and eager and, and fighting and clamoring for the MVP. Uh, at the end of the day, that's not who Nikola Jokic is. He doesn't care about individual accolades as special and unique as they might be. Um, so, and, and also, if you're the NBA, you probably want some kind of rivalry brewing between Nikola Jokic and Joel Embiid, and maybe Embiid wins his first one, uh, in which case then you can pit those two against each other, um, even though they, they both like each other and have a real relationship. So um, I'm not sure if it changes the perception. I don't think anybody's under the impression that this guy isn't special. He's about to make all NBA again. He's about to win a second consecutive MVP. He just became the first player in NBA history, 27 13 um, and 7. It, no one's ever done that before. So if you don't respect him, you don't, you don't accept him as a, as, a, as a future Hall of Famer, um, I, I would question your credentials um, as, a, as an NBA pundit. Mike, really appreciate your time. Looking forward to your coverage this weekend in San Francisco. Thanks so much, guys. Thanks for coming on. Mike Singer covers the Nuggets for the Denver Post. Coming up after the break... Drew Locke has some competition at quarterback in Seattle. Who is it? We'll tell you next. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman, Mason. Watch us. MileHighSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, not retail, but wholesale, go to rmfp.com. Time now for What's Trending. What's Trending. Presented by Silterhar Mazda. Get to Silterhar in Broomfield for a no-pressure buying experience at Silterhar Mazda or find them at sdhmazda.com. Okay, the Seattle Seahawks have re-signed quarterback Geno Smith to a one-year deal. As Steve Cohn of The Athletic tweeted, it might not ultimately end there, but I'm sure I can think of a more depressing QB1 battle than Drew Locke against Geno Smith. I think here in Denver, we're very familiar <laughs> for six years of depressing quarterback battles. And you know what? I, it, With all respect to that, I can think of at least two that would be much more depressing than Drew Locke versus Geno Smith. And I'm thinking of both of them, with all respect to Trevor Simeon, both of them involving Trevor Simeon. I Well, listen, at the end of the day, Trevor Simeon was a seventh-round pick. And he's a career journeyman, and probably a ten-year career. He's still but not in the a league. starter. He's still in the league. Guys, he's like going to back up Justin Fields. He has had a, actually a phenomenal, phenomenal career for a seventh-round pick. He doesn't cause any problems. He understands where he is on the food chain. He's a smart football player, high IQ, but not overly talented. Right. He'll be good for Justin Fields, right? Because he'll basically be another coach. And I mean, that's probably where that's probably where Trevor's arc is headed. Is coaching. Right. 
I mean, if you said to me who would be a longer career backup, Trevor Simeon or Drew Locke, I would take Simeon all day. Yeah. Because he has the right personality for it, and he's not gunning for somebody's job. Yeah. So, I mean, we'll see what happens with Baker Mayfield, who is so desperate now to get out of town. You know, he's talking about the Seahawks. Yeah, and the thing the thing is, obviously, Cleveland would like to get something back for him. But Seattle, at least, kind of, the, the word around the campfire on the Seahawks right now is they believe they would be only bidding against themselves, and they believe they can wait and get Mayfield for basically nothing. Well, they might want to be careful because if the Browns cut him, I have very little doubt he would jump to Pittsburgh in a second if Mike Tomlin mm-hmm. even batted an eye at him. And that's and that is one thing because I think Pittsburgh is the team that knows just how good Baker Mayfield can be. Right. And I mean, I would take and, and if, I would take if, Baker Mayfield over Trubisky. And that's why if you're Cleveland, you'd say, okay, do we want him going to Pittsburgh? Or will we take just if Seattle gives us a sixth round pick, it's better than nothing. That's and, why I still think he when all this when all this passes, I think he ends up in Seattle. Because I think Cleveland would rather take a deal where they get fleeced than cut him and look and, and then they wake up and Baker Mayfield's in Pittsburgh, and in that environment, he figures it out. And it, would it surprise anybody if Mayfield did well in Pittsburgh? Probably no. He's been injured quite a bit, too. Yeah. Mayfield. Yeah. He Look, in retrospect, Baker Mayfield probably should not have played last year. Right. And if he had not played, I don't think we're having this conversation about Deshaun Watson as a Cleveland Brown. Right. Well, as I told you, somebody close to Baker Mayfield told me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That if a Mayfield, very reliable source, I want to add on. Very this. reliable, as source. reliable as it gets. So my understanding was, if Baker Mayfield does not get injured last year, he would have had a new contract in front of him. Yeah, but he did get injured. But he and but he tried to play through it. He hurt himself by he to his credit. Look, May, Mayfield has taken a lot of wrong steps in terms of uh, interactions with the media. Right. Right. Okay. But for all of those missteps. He's done a lot of the right things by his teammates, by wanting to play, wanting to push through. You can question a lot about Mayfield, but you cannot question his persistence. You cannot question his pain tolerance. Right. He is not, you know, no one will ever say Baker Mayfield is soft. Right. But... He didn't. What he did in playing through that—that that, he was clearly limited. We talked about it before the Broncos Browns game last year, remember? And we said they're probably better off starting Case Keenum at 100 percent than Baker Mayfield because we argued that the Broncos should have probably gone with Drew Lock at 100 percent than Teddy Bridgewater right. at 50 percent. One team made one choice, one made the other, and Cleveland won. Speaking of Drew Lock, you and I both believe that Drew Locke has his limitations. I don't think he's necessarily starter in this league. I could be wrong. So are you going to keep an eye on Drew Locke with Seattle because you really care, meaning you'd like to see him really do well? I mean, all of us want to see him do well. Or do you want to watch him to see how he does because you want to be proven that you were right, that he's not that great of a quarterback? I'd rather see him do well than be right. 
No, I, I would yeah. too. But is there a part of you, kind of like rubbernecking on the highway, and you got to take one last look at the car crash to see if somebody's head is bleeding? Do you want to kind of feel like, well, I was right? Not really, no. I mean, the number of times I said, I hope I'm wrong about Drew Locke. Because Drew Locke's a good dude. Yeah, he and he he is. I mean, he was far from perfect, and certainly that COVID week, he and the quarterbacks really screwed things up they for did. the entire team. Right, and certainly with Vic Fangio, that Vic never got past that. Right, and and, and I can get that from an old school football perspective because that's very much letting the entire side down. Right, but by but. He's not a bad person by any stretch of the imagination. Nope. Um, I'm curious to see what he does because I really do want to see if a, if a if if what he needed was a change of scenery. Right. It's an interesting it's an interesting thing because mo, mo, most often a quarterback or a player they are who they are, right? Mm -hmm. But every so often we do see the change of scenery create something different and maybe that's going to be the case for him now that being said Seattle comes with its own set of pressures because he's having to replace the greatest quarterback they've ever had right and he can't and it for him to live up to Russell Wilson is going to be nearly impossible right now is Seattle going to judge him on the Wilson scale or are they going to be understanding I, I don't know. I think Seattle fans 20 years ago may have handled this differently than they would handle it right now, than they would handle it today. Because 20 years ago, Seattle had never been to a Super Bowl. The 1990s, they were terrible. So they were used to failure. Seattle fans have become accustomed to success and being a contender. Are they? And also, the other thing looming over this is all the quarterbacks in next year's draft. Drew Locke is not competing against Geno Smith right now, as it were. Drew Locke is competing against... Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, and the other quarterbacks that are going to be talked about in 2023. What do we have coming up on Argonaut Wine and Liquor, just in case you missed it? A huge night for one of the juniors on the Toronto Blue Jays last night, and both the Rockies and the Avalanche have home games this evening. We'll talk about all that next right here on Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason on Mile High Sports. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman, Mason. Watch us. MyLifeSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to rmfp.com. Time now for the final word. The final word is presented by the McKenzie Law Firm. Don't wait before it's too late. Protect your family by setting up a will, living will, or estate plan with Dan McKenzie at themckenziefirm.com. Just in case you missed it. 
big night last night for Vladimir Guerrero Jr. After a first inning home run being spiked at first base in the second, resulting in a big gash on his right ring finger. Another home run in the third. When he doubled off Garrett Cole in the sixth, Cole literally tipped his cap to Guerrero Jr., who went on to hit another home run in the eighth inning. <laughs> right. Uh, do you like the display of respect here from the Yankees pitcher, or would you prefer he not acknowledge the young slugger and just lock in on his own game? I think it's better than throwing at him mm-hmm. after the second home run because you see that yeah. at times, which is ridiculous. It's good sportsmanship. And in fact, it's a, the cliche tip your cap comes from baseball because right. it, that's the time honored tradition. You know, some like you see a center fielder make a great play to rob you of an extra base hit. You tip your cap, right? That's what you're supposed. That I, I, I loved it. I mean, that's the sort of thing that you know. You've got kids. I've, I've got a daughter. That's the sort of thing I say. That's what you should do. Right. Be a good sport. Respect the accomplishment of so, of someone who beats you, and and go on. I, I, I thought it was one of the best moments of the season all, of so far. Yep, I agree. I liked it too, especially because it's a guy, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., whose dad I grew up watching at Angels games with my grandpa. So well, I'll, ask, cool to see I'll ask both of you, who will have the better career, senior or junior? Junior. Junior. And that's saying a lot because senior had a hell of a career. Well, he was an unbelievable defensive player too, though. Junior looks like an all-timer. Yeah. Though. I mean, I. it's not a matter of, I think, if the Blue Jays win the World Series with him anchoring their lineup, it's when. Yeah. Just in case you missed it, Colorado Rockies hosting the Chicago Cubs this evening, 6.40 p.m. Kyle Freeland will be on the mound. And the Colorado Avalanche, also a home game this evening. The New Jersey Devils in town. That game starting at 7 p.m. I would imagine Fran Sos will be in net after Kemper played last night against the Kings. Uh, the Rockies have won four straight. The Avs have won seven in a row. Do both Colorado teams keep the streaks alive tonight? Yeah, I think so. I'm going to be optimistic here. By the way, did you see Chris Bryant's quote today? No. He said, quote, I don't think every series with the Cubs warrants a press conference. All the Cubs visiting media swarmed his locker in the clubhouse. Well, he was an MVP and he helped him win a World Series. I think it's totally understandable. It'll fade after a while. It's just this is the first time. Right. And then it'll be a big deal when he goes back to Wrigley for the first time. Well, kind of like Arenado, right? Kind of like Russell Wilson... In Seattle this fall. Do uh, do the Red Sox play here this year? Um, I don't think so. I don't. They, I don't. They're not playing the National League or the Amer. Pardon me, the American League East. I don't think. So. Or do they play the Red Sox? Period. Because obviously everyone's going to want to talk to Trevor Story. Yeah, I don't. But Chris Bryant's been gone from Chicago for a little bit. Right. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's true. Um. They play the, uh, looks like they play the American League uh, Central because they've got Cleveland and Kansas City. So, right. nope, not, not going to see Trevor Story this year. Just in case you missed it, some uh, home buying news for quarterbacks. Russell Wilson just bought a new house here in Cherry Creek, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Matt Stafford out in L.A. bought a couple of homes that were owned by a multi-property development that was owned by rapper Drake. Uh, it had a private horseback riding trail. It had a pool, a barbecue pit, a pizza oven. If you were to build your dream home, 
what were what are some uh, amenities that you would say are must-haves? Dream home. I, I want a I want a pool. I want a heated pool. Okay. Um. Because that's something I would actually use. All right. Uh. I think I'd like a pickleball court. A pickleball court. And a wall, like a, a tennis court, but also would have a wall where I could, if I couldn't get anybody around, I could just hit balls to myself. You know, they have that wall over in Wash Park. I sometimes go over there and I just hit tennis balls against it for about an right. hour or so. Yeah. A tennis court would be great because I used to play a lot as a kid, but I'd get back into it for sure. You can have a tennis pickleball court, combo yep. court. I've seen those. Yep. Um, I'd want a gorgeous outdoor kitchen. Outdoor kitchen, okay. Uh, well, I'm yeah. not saying that it has to have the refrigerator. I'm talking about a grill, great outdoor space to do all that stuff. Actually, you gave me an idea because that's something. Why are you going to do that? I'd want a grill, but I would want. There's a there's a house I saw in on on social media in Florida, and this guy has a pool, and he has a huge like projection television screen at one end. It says like every night, like every there's a big football game. I just watch it in the pool all the time. Right. I'd love that. I mean, I, I, if since Mandy and I are getting ready to get married, yeah, uh, everything that I want would would go on the back burner because she would want a stable for her horses. Oh, so she could ride. So I'd probably acquiesce to her on that. You're a good man. Come on, thank you. I would have an indoor outdoor basketball court with a retractable roof. Retractable <laughs> roof, <laughs> nicely done. Yeah, I like um, that. Yeah, dream big. Just in case you missed it, according to NFL.com writer Kevin Patra, Kyler Murray is not expected to play for the Cardinals without a new contract. We've talked about this a couple times on the show with will he, won't he, does he deserve the extension? What do you think about Kyler Murray and with baseball back, does he potentially have a little more leverage now? I don't think he has any more leverage with baseball, no. Um, as far as the Cardinals, I, th- I think they're kind of tired of his act, to be honest with you. But what are they going to do? Not sign him? They kind of have to. They spent a first round. They spent the first overall pick on him. Yeah, and and it's, look, Kyler Murray was a you know prized prospect. Yes, but did he? He only played college. He never played a. He never played a game in the A's system, right? They had his rights, right? Correct. But so I mean, he's he's so far off, and he's uh, he's twenty. He's uh, twenty five years old this year. I mean, I think that the the boat has kind of sailed on that. I don't think the leverage from baseball is what it used to be for him. No, I agree. All right, that was Argonaut Wine and Liquor. Just in case you missed it, Argonaut always has great specials, and here are a few. Highland Park, 12 years, just $39.99. The Culprit Red Blend is $11.99. Stop by Argonaut today off of Colfax, see why Westward named it the best liquor store in Denver, five years running, or order online at ArgonautLiquor.com. That is going to do it for us. Nolan, fantastic job pushing all the right buttons on MileHighSports.com. Same with you, Danny. Mace, you were fantastic. Good to see you in studio. Good to see you, too. Glad you're feeling better. Thank you. Make it the best possible night you can. Gonna get a big dish of beef chow, man. 